In the last several weeks, I've had the opportunity to speak to several people that are on very different parts of this journey of faith. But I've been struck by things that each of these people has said that has resonated with each other in very different life circumstances and things that resonate with these two passages that we're talking about today. I was recently visiting one of our church members. Uh, This member was in the hospital, and she's in her mid-90s, and she had just come through a rather significant health scare. She was in recovery, so things were looking good. But our conversation that day has really stuck with me. She shared with me that she wasn't quite ready to die. She said that she knew it was coming, but she wasn't quite sure what would happen to her after her death. It wasn't so much that she was afraid. She wasn't afraid that she would end up somewhere other than with God, but she was uncertain. She didn't know how things would happen, how this transition might turn out, about what exactly was next. Let me tell you a little bit about this woman. She's been a member here at this church in Alamo Heights for almost 70 years. As a member of this church, when you become a member, you promise to support the church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. And this woman has given of all of these abundantly and still does. She is the definition of a faithful follower of Christ. And yet she shared with me that she still has uncertainty as she faces her mortality. The part of the conversation that really struck me, though, was that she told me that she believes that God may be calling her to something new. She told me about a situation in her life in which she feels that God is speaking to her and asking her to change a very large part of the way that she walks out this journey, a way that she walks out this discipleship. It's a practice that she's done for years, and she feels like God is asking her to do something new. She's still on that path of growth. She's a little uncertain, again, of the direction that this will go, but she knows that she's being called out of where she's been and called to continue this journey in a new way. I think this friend of mine, I think that she would agree that Abram, by comparison, is a spry young man when he receives his call. He's 75 years old, and he's called to go on what would be both a literal journey into an unknown land and a spiritual journey of faith and trust into an unknown future. God says to Abram, go from your country, go from your family, leave your father's house. This call in that world is a shocking call. Abram is well past the age that we would imagine would be conducive to a trek across the wilderness, but God tells him that he'll be made into a great nation. His wife is barren, he has no heir, and yet God gives him this, pr- this uh, promise. And there's another detail in the story that increases the shock of this call. God says, go to the land that I will show you. That's it. That's all of the instruction that God gives. Abram isn't given any directions. Not only does God not give uh, Abram the destination of this journey, God doesn't even tell Abram which way to begin. And despite the shock, 
Despite the unknown, despite the uncertainty in this call, the story says simply, so Abram went. Just like that. Abram went. Abram hears a call, and Abram goes. We have no idea if Abram had ever encountered this God before. We don't know how this call was conveyed or received. We don't know if Abram heard a voice from the heavens, encountered an angel, or maybe even just felt a slight nudge in his heart and mind that he knows he has to follow. Whatever the call was, Abram goes. The story of Nicodemus is likewise a story of calling and the story of going. And much like the story of Abram, there's a lot in this story that is surprising. We're introduced to Nicodemus as a Pharisee. He's a member of the leadership of the Jews, the Sanhedrin, the ruling council. This was a man that was seeking the salvation of his people, the salvation of Israel. A man that took his faith seriously, a man that had shown promise and talent and became one of the heads of this faith tradition. This man was a trusted teacher. This was somebody that knew exactly who he was, who his people were, who his God was, and was called to be a leader and a teacher. You might say that a modern uh, contemporary example of a Nicodemus-type person would be maybe a member of the bishop's cabinet, like uh, maybe a district superintendent. (laughs) So this Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus in the night. We give a lot of attention to the fact that Nicodemus showed up in the middle of the night. It seems like Nicodemus might have been worried a little bit about his reputation, sought to hide his encounter with Jesus from his peers, shrouding this visit in the shadowy depth of night. But I want to invite you to consider another possibility. For the Jewish people, the day begins with dusk. It is with the setting of the sun that a new day is born. It's in darkness that new worlds are created and new possibilities are incubated. Maybe this gospel is telling us that the darkness that we encounter is not something to hide from, but something to move through. Maybe darkness is something that will draw us towards the possibility of new life and new light. Nicodemus comes to see Jesus in this darkness. The first thing that Nicodemus says to Jesus is 100% true. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that comes from God. Nicodemus is not one of these Pharisees that we read about that's attempting to trap Jesus. This is someone that's earnestly seeking to understand and to learn and to grow from this strange new rabbi that's coming to town. Nicodemus comes in the time where new things are born. And he affirms Jesus' divine origin. But Nicodemus doesn't even get to ask a question before Jesus' response confronts him. No one can see the kingdom of God without being born again, without being born from above. Jesus tells a man that has been zealous for God all of his life, a man that's devoted this entire life to this God, that he needs to be born again that he needs to start this journey of faith anew. I've mentioned that I've had a few of these conversations recently. 
If you don't know our, our youth staff here, I invite you to get to know them, especially if you are youth age or you have youth age kids. Uh, we have Kathy and Gabe are the youth directors and associate director, and they are amazing. This week, I've had conversations with both Kathy and Gabe, and these conversations have illuminated these passages for me. Kathy, our youth director, comes from us after years of experience in youth and family ministry, and she's been the lead pastor at several uh, United Methodist churches. And a common theme for my conversations with Kathy this week has been about the necessity to continue to see things anew. Whether it's the scripture or a practice or a certain aspect of our lives, Kathy wants us to keep moving and keep seeing things differently. Kathy came to our common space class this week that we have on Wednesdays, and she told me that afterwards she loved it. The reason that she loved it was because it pushed her to look at a story in the Bible in a completely new way. She said that the people in that room, the diversity of perspectives in that room challenged her, and that she looked at a familiar passage in a new way, and it gave her life. Gabe, who's the associate director, he came to us after years of work with Project Transformation. I asked Gabe to actually look at these two passages and tell me what he thought about them. Gabe said that he sees that the more he grows, the more that he answers the call, the more he sees the world around him differently. The more that he sees that even the painful moments in his own life can be used to equip him to reach out in faith to others. Gabe told me that he's found that when he's willing to follow the path that God has for him, whether or not he knows exactly what the next right step is, the journey will continue. Gabe's at a stage in his life where he's trying to discern what exactly the future holds. What is his vocation? What is his calling? And he knows he's called, but he doesn't quite know where yet. But he's willing to go. This is being born again. These conversations that I've had, they all bear witness to the willingness to be born from above. Being born anew in this passage is not just a singular moment in your life, but it's a call to constant growth, to constant walk. Being born in this real world is something that entails growth. To be born, one must be conceived. One must be gestated. The actual birthing event is an event that's full of anticipation and joy, but it's also full of pain and uncertainty. Once born, that baby doesn't stay where it is. It continues to grow. Abram and Nicodemus were called out of everything that they knew to keep moving, and to follow God into an unknown journey. I hope that today each of you here hear that call. Hear the call to continue moving. I hope you hear the call to continue the journey from wherever you are, to continue to grow, to continue to see things anew, and to continue allowing God to bear you. And the reason that I hope that you hear that call is not just for you. God is calling you because you can change the world. 
Did you catch what Abram, what God said to Abram as he's calling him? He says, you will be a blessing. Through you, all of the families of the world will be blessed. Jesus says to Nicodemus, just a few verses after the passage that we read, for God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved. God loved the world. The whole world is God's concern, and when God's concern is for the whole world, he calls particular people. From the beginning of the story of the family and faith in Abram to the middle continuing story of the family of faith in the time of Nicodemus and to the present story of the family of faith found here in this community, God has called individual people. God is in the business of giving and saving life. And you, my friends, are called sometimes into the unknown but you are called to be those people that bring life. Uncertainty can be alarming and even debilitating, especially when we're faced with moments of mortality or moments that determine whole futures. As you listen to your call today and maybe feel uncertain about the next direction, the next step, I want to offer you a prayer. This is a prayer from Thomas Merton called The Prayer of Unknowing. I think that whether you're in your mid-90s or a young man or woman that's looking for the next right step or somewhere in the middle of your journey, even if you're a district superintendent, this prayer can offer grace. Thomas Merton's words in this prayer have given me shalom in some of my most uncertain times. May this prayer give you shalom as well. Let us pray together. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire, and I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may not know anything about it. Therefore, I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. In the name of the God who bears us anew every day, who calls us and who gives us life. Let this be our prayer. Amen.